0: There's no uh, planet B, uh, so there's no plan B. We have to we have to do this. Former Vice President Al Gore knows the climate apocalypse is imminent. But in a recent interview with Bloomberg News, he remains optimistic that the crisis can be solved, despite a White House that is rolling back policies he feels are needed to save the planet. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. And joining me today is the editor of Bloomberg Business Week, Joel Weber, who conducted the interview with Mr. Gore. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Thanks for having me. All right. So first off, how did this come about?
1: So we do Bloomberg Business Week debriefs. I try to do them almost quarterly, if not monthly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Gore is obviously somebody that we've we have great admiration for, and wanted to learn more from him directly. We found out that there was going to be this global climate action summit in San Francisco, and we extended the invite and said, how about we do a, a one-on-one interview with a live audience? And he so, said, yeah, I'll
0: see you there. So we've all seen him on the political stage. We've all seen him as his cr- role Perhaps as crew.
1: you've seen An Inconvenient Truth. Exactly. Or so, sequel.
0: But in real life, what's he like? What was he like before the interview? What was he like during the interview? He's,
1: he's absolutely passionate about climate. One of the things that didn't come up in the interview but that I learned that I didn't know was that he actually has a farm in Tennessee huh. where he was originally a senator from and he's actually practicing a lot of what he preaches with in regards to carbon. The big thing is to get carbon out of the air and you can sequester it in the ground using agricultural techniques, which is something that he's actually doing on his farm.
0: Wow. So, you know, during his time in Congress and during his time as vice president, Mr. Gore made protecting the, the environment a mission of his and since leaving you know, public office, and after 2000, um, he really made this his crusade. So, how, how would he describe the state of the the climate right now?
1: Well, I think you know, to, to kind of even go a little bit broader than that, I mean, this was a guy who an inconvenient truth started as a slideshow, and someone saw that presentation and was like, "We should actually turn this into Ooh. something," and then it becomes an inconvenient truth, and that's becomes a documentary and. The So the scale with which he was able to like take this idea, mm. this, almost like the side hobby of his, and turn it into something that b- has basically defined him and it become what his legacy is, I think he's incredibly passionate about that. Yeah. And you can see that in basically everything he does. His travel schedule is absolutely all about where in the world can I make an impact? talking about the climate crisis.
0: Yeah, and he, he takes current events from all over the world to explain like this well, is happening in real time.
1: And that's I mean that's the beauty of, of being able to talk to somebody like Al Gore about this because this is as Ho- Hurricane Florence is happening mm-hmm. as Hong Kong is getting hit by by a typhoon. So we're seeing the the manifestations of everything he's been talking about happening in real time and and then you get to hear from like one of the most prominent climate experts about this
0: so during your interview uh, he said the only questions remaining about the climate process is a we must change B can we change and C will we change? what did he mean
1: so I, and this was a part of the conversation where I, I asked him you know so much of this is about apathy among consumers It's mm-hmm. really overwhelming as a just a normal person to feel like I can't actually affect change. And if you feel like you can't affect change, maybe you don't put something in the recycling when you should, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's just a small difference, like small decision, like that can actually have big consequences when it, it's at scale. So what I see him wrestling with is one of of trying to actually make this message be something that it's the same message he's had all, all along, but we need to take action.
0: Does he think that message is getting through?
1: Yes, and that's get that comes to where his portfolio. Yes. A part of this. He's since 2004. He was he co-founded a, a firm called Generation Investment Management with a guy from Goldman Sachs named David Blood, who's a huge name. Their their investing lens is a sustainable f- finance. They have about a 20 billion dollar portfolio wow, okay. now. And all of those companies are ones that they feel not only will these companies be better in the future than they are today, but they're actually going to make the world a better place.
0: I think I'll correct you because I think the vice president corrected you and said it's actually twenty-two billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but what's what's two three almost twenty-one. You know. <laughs> yeah, what's a few billion between yeah, exactly. friends, as he said. Um, so let's talk about that though. That, that he's you know he's a crusader for it, but he's also an entrepreneur in right. it, kind of. So how do you balance the bottom line of say an investor? With balancing the fate of the planet.
1: So he looks for opportunity and uses the investing lens as a way to impact that, right? So one of the companies that he brought up was Proterra, which makes electrical buses. That's a really interesting thing to consider because by and large, public transportation uses diesel mm-hmm. transportation. But as those vehicles get old and have to be replaced again at scale, something like Proterra provides a solution and you can replace. You know something that pollutes, like a diesel bus, with something that doesn't pollute, like an electric yeah. electric bus, that on one charge can go a thousand miles now. And left and right, he says they are displacing the normal way of doing business. The sustainability revolution
0: is the largest investing opportunity and the largest set of business opportunities in all of history. So he's got his documentary, he's got the, his his funds and, and the businesses that that are building off of that, but. In his time in Congress, when he was a senator from Tennessee, as you just said, uh, he was really at the forefront of bringing climate change to a reality. Like, this is actually a real thing. Does he have any
1: regrets? So, the way I asked that was, what do you know now that you wish you would have known Mm. then? And I think what he, in his response, the thing that he he held on to was this idea of business as a change agent. And I think he recognizes that politics can play a certain role. Or not, if you live in the current <laughs> under the current U.S. <laughs> administration, which seems to have really eroded a lot of the protections yeah. that we've put in place. And here, here he sees business actually really affecting change, while also having a healthy bottom line.
0: So let's talk about that administration that is is breaking down some of the policies. Um, what does he feel about the current White House?
1: Well, the biggest thing was. Tr- a president Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement, which has a lot of things that the U.S. is going to be responsible for. So, the, the first thing he says is, it actually is not a done deal. On the first day of the next administration, a new president could get us back into the Paris Agreement with just a signature. Mm-hmm. So, he basically says, not only do we have a climate crisis, we also have a democracy crisis. Yeah. And this is on us as a civic... Uh, citizens to actually participate and vote. And if we don't actually wield our influence through democracy, then the climate crisis could continue to escalate. So,
0: he's using a must, the climate crisis as a two-pronged, like, let's get together and let's fix the climate, but it's also fix what he says is maybe a fractured democracy.
1: Exactly. And that's where the business comes in. Because if if government can't take a role on this, and you know, we actually su- do see governments taking action, just not at the federal level, which was another interesting thing that we talked about because California, where we had the interview, is really a case study on how to actually make environmental progress without the federal government leading the way.
0: What surprised you the most from your conversation
1: with him? He's actually really humble huh. when he talks about this because, you know, this is someone who's been very vocal about a cause of his that he's been championing for years, and yet he doesn't really take any credit for the awareness that he's brought to it, other than to say it's really important that we all share this because it's a collective burden. So I find him to be surprisingly humble in how he wrestles with these challenges.
0: And he knows that collective burden that the planet is sharing, the outcome of it, the apocalypse as you say in your headline, is inevitable.
1: But well, he seems perhaps not. And that's But he, he seems optimistic he, about he, that. There's a hopeful spirit to him that he really is an optimist. And you know the stakes for this for him and that this was very true and in, in convenient truth it remains true now. There is no planet B. Mm-hmm. So we can't have some sort of plan B. Right now the only thing we've got is Earth and we need to make sure that we protect it so that, you know, in his words, his grandchildren aren't wrestling with the same burden that our generation is.
0: Bloomberg Business Week editor Joel Weber, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Make sure to follow Joel on Twitter. He's at Joel Weber Show. And make sure to watch the full interview on a special Bloomberg Business Week debrief, a conversation with Al Gore Saturday on Bloomberg Television. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. And you can get all your updates 24 7 at TikTok.